right, the Bodhi Singers. So some of you know my mother-in-law passed away on Friday, so just want to acknowledge that and uh, hold uh, Patrick and our family in prayers in the upcoming week. Um, she is free. We know that. It's, it's interesting. When, when, uh, when, when you leave, when people leave, they're having a ball. It's the rest of us that got to figure out the game plan. <laughs> so we're in the game plan uh, figuring out time. So. And our summer series is coming to a close today. I know it's been a wonderful series, and it'll be a uh, prayerfully a wonderful talk today. It also means uh, summer's coming to a close um, in the next couple weeks. <laughs> what else do you want to resist? <laughs> Our focus over this summer series has been to, um, number one for me, for you, is for you to establish or to be in relationship with what does success mean to you? Because success has a lot of banner um, things that, that are in the collective consciousness, and some call it good, some call it bad. There's lots of stuff going on. But actually, each one of us is wired with just a successful experience of life. And, and it's so individual. So that was one of the focuses um, this summer was for you to get in relationship with that. And then when you're in relationship with what you know what that means, because if you don't even know what it means, then, then you're just blindly shooting. But if you can get in relationship, what does success mean to me? Then the seven um, spiritual laws that we've been studying become the tools that you can consciously and intentionally use to change your life, to expand your life, to enjoy your life, to whatever it is for you. The seven spiritual laws are, are designed to support you on the journey, but in your de- you need to know where your destination is. You need to know at least what the feeling tone is. One of the things we focused on or talked about over the seven weeks, if you don't know exactly what your goal is, there's different kinds that you can set, different heart desires that you have, the most important thing on a daily basis to feel good. That goal alone is your best choice, always. How can I feel good today? How can I wake up and from that moment set the intention? Today I choose to feel good. Whatever occurs, whatever happens will happen. That's already in the divine design. There's already something occurring within you and around you. But it is your relationship to it that makes all the difference. That's that's where where you begin to play a different game. Uh, Ernest Hemingway said, uh, Now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. Now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. And I love this because a lot of us can make it um, seduced by the ego story which says, when I have, fill in the blank, whatever that is, then I can begin my journey. Then my destiny will begin. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be whatever. And that is the greatest seduction of the ego. That, that one single lie that we've all been uh, at different times of our life believing, you may believing right now, for many of us, we've believed it for lifetimes, that idea something needs to be different. Something needs to be different. And then my purpose will begin. Then life can be good for me. And that, that equation sets you up for it never to work. You know, there's a story in the Bible in, uh, in um, 2 Kings about Elijah and the widow, prophet Elijah. Many of you probably know this story, but let me tell it to you. Um, it's simply um, this the widow woman, her husband dies. She's got two sons and a lot of debt. 
and she has nothing. She has absolutely nothing, and they're going to come and take her land and, and really ruin her and her son. And so she goes to her prophet Elijah, and she tells him the story about her dad and his struggles um, in hopes that he will help her. And he says to her, what do you have? The first question, what do you have? Now, her response, which is probably similar to mine and yours possibly, well, all I have, starting with this, all I have, <laughs> all I have is a little bit of oil. That's all I have. So Elijah says to her, go to your neighbors, get as many vases and jars and vessels as you can possibly gather up. So she's obedient and she's desperate. She's in her last hour, and that's very often when we finally seek help. Isn't it true? So she's finally there, and so she goes to her neighbors and her and her sons, and they gather up all the jars they can possibly come up with. And he does as she, uh, she does as he instructed her, which is to take the oil and start pouring it. Well, the miracle begins to occur because according to the story, the oil continues to pour and pour and pour and pour and pour much more, much, much more than she ever knew that she had or ever what she could see with her visible eyes. But as she fi- And she filled it to the very last jar. The story says, and when the last jar was filled, that's when the oil ran out. And her direction from there was to sell the oil, take care of your debt, and let the abundance continue to overflow. Such a wonderful story, so many layers within that. But for us, and why it's important for us around this idea of living your dharma, living your purpose, whatever you have right this very, very day, is more than enough, but it's the way that you view it. If you think it's all that you have and all you see is what little there is, if all you see is is the, the lack and the limitation that is there, then that is what shall occur. That is the law of the consciousness of the land. That is the law that what you see is what you have. But when you run into a prophet, prophet Elijah, a divine idea, when that part of you surrenders, she represents the human part that finally let's go to the divine spirit. How many nights did she probably sit there worrying and fearing and saying, this is all the oil I have, this is all the oil, lamenting weeks, weeks, probably who knows, how long do you do it? How long have you been lamenting about this is all I have, I don't have enough, this is singing that song over and over until finally even you are sick of hearing that song. And it is not that the spirit is sitting there going, well, you know what? They're not in pain. They're not in enough pain yet. Spirit doesn't sit back and wait for you to be in enough pain. Spirit sits back waiting for you to let go. Waiting for you to let go. And that's what that represents when she goes to see the prophet Elijah. That is take the step. There's a spiritual solution. There's a spiritual solution for every single problem in your life. There's a spiritual solution. And when you go to spirit first, then the oil begins to pour. Then the mountains start moving. Then suddenly, that which appeared impossible, that's probably in your living room right now, is the very thing. That somehow you use, somehow gets multiplied, somehow life starts flowing and working in your favor. It is only you that's in the way, sweet baby. It's only you that is in the way. So how do, how do we get ourselves out of the way? How do we get to that surrender where you actually let life flow? We're talking about the law of Dharma. Dharma, you know, it's, it's just a... 
a superficial thin layer to say my dharma is my life's purpose. My life's purpose. Well, that, you know, especially in the Western world, I have to talk about that. Here in the Western world, we have to really check things out because, you know, our life's purpose, it, it becomes very thin. It becomes like, how can I be successful? How can I uh, make a lot of money? How can I do this? How do I, and sure, we can help people along the way, of course. That'd be nice. But really, like, like you know, my, our purpose here, the, this, um, the Western world can be very egoic-driven at times. Fame and fortune is what we're seeking, and then I'll, and then I'll get the God stuff rolling. That's sort of in the conscience. And, and that's not you, of course. I'm talking about all of them out there. All of them out there. So our dharma is, is just our life's purpose. But our dharma, I want you to go deeper. It's so, so, so much deeper than your life's purpose. Your dharma is literally encoded in your being. Your dharma is your reason for being, and your dharma will be fulfilled. The purpose that you came here to this world, not about the, will I have this or that? Will I write that book? Well, not that stuff. The dharma is what you came here to be, to connect with people, to, to cause in the world that you're living, and it is right in your very home. It is right where you are. It is right in your life now. Now, the good news about your dharma, thank God, this is the good news. It's not dependent on whether you agree with it. It doesn't matter if you go to your job for 40 years not liking it or thinking that everybody is jer- are jerks there. It doesn't matter. Your dharma will do its job there. The only problem is you won't enjoy it. You will be the one left out. The people in your life now are the people that you are meant to be with because your dharma is in partnership with them. Your soul's purpose is unfolding exactly where you are, as you are. You've got to get this because to become free of a fantasy that you need to be somebody else, be somewhere else, have someone else, do something else. The fantasies of that keep you from enjoying the purpose that is unfolding where you are, everywhere you go, standing in the Dairy Queen line, you are living your dharma. You are in the... <laughs> and it gets better when you get to the window, doesn't it? <laughs> That'd be great. I'd like a dharma triple, please. <laughs> uh, um, so... Let me tell you something. I want to um, use a, um, something that we talk a lot about here, I haven't talked about it in a while. It's the kingdom, um, <clears throat> the four kingdoms of consciousness. It comes from uh, my minister, Michael Bernard Beckwith, and many of you know of him from Agape. And I learned this when I was there at Agape, and we teach it in uh, some of our classes here. But I want to talk about the kingdoms of consciousness in relationship to your dharma, because this is when it can get really interesting and you can make it a little more um, alive within yourself. So the first kingdom of consciousness says, to me. Life happens to me. The first kingdom of consciousness is the lowest vibration. It just is. It's where you live, where where there's shame, where there's guilt, where there's victim. Victim consciousness. Life is happening to me. If that person were different, if that person did this, if all these other things were different, then my life would be okay. Um, It's the belief that that life needs to change. It's a very, very low vibration. Many of us have been stuck there for a long time, and we still have parts of ourselves that are stuck there in the first kingdom. In the first kingdom is where you absolutely do not get to enjoy your dharma. Dharma within you, when it's living out and it's fulfilling itself, it has a natural, um, it's like a, a, 
a 24-hour capsule release where it just continues to release a vibration of joy. Whenever your dharma is activated or hit, whether it's standing in line, whether it's working with someone, wherever you are, when your dharma is hit, it literally sends off a little vibration. In the first kingdom um, consciousness of to me, you don't even feel it. You're unplugged. You're completely unplugged from your life's purpose. It doesn't mean it's happening. Like I just said, it's happening. But you are standing out. Imagine this is a great way to think about it. You're standing outside of it. Your dharma, your purpose for being is here. And here you are over here like this. Right? And it's happening right here. It's going to happen. It's going to unfold. It's going to happen. And you're sitting there with your arms crossed. It's not fair. And you might stick out your lower lip or whatever you do. Just, just see a three-year-old when they're like that. It, just, it looks just like you. It's just, what, it's just what we do. We haven't evolved much at all. This particular kingdom of consciousness doesn't evolve. It doesn't evolve. It absolutely stays stuck. Again, dharma's happening. Your life purpose is occurring. You're the one that doesn't get to experience it. At some point in consciousness, you'll, you'll be less and less in that one, and you'll move to, let's say, to the second one, which is the kingdom, second kingdom of consciousness, which is uh, by me. By me. Yes, I know you know that because of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by me. This kingdom of consciousness, and by the way, the movement from kingdom one to kingdom two is self-responsibility. Taking responsibility for your life. Beginning to just simply say, I created this. I caused this. I can find my way out. The idea of taking responsibility begins to move you in consciousness to the second kingdom. It's not so linear, but I'm going to teach about it that way this morning. So we move into the second kingdom of consciousness by me. Whoo, that's fun. Now you got some life force, and that's like the um, I make life happen. This is awesome. This is where I want what I want, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to make the vision board, and I'm going to say my affirmations, and I'm going to go to those how to get the love of your life workshops, and I'm going to go to the how to get the love of your life master's workshop, and I'm going to get the certification how to do it, and I'm going to teach other people how to do it. Right? So it's where you really start to get the laws and the laws start to work for. And this is a really important time because in the first kingdom, you've just been starving. You've been in deprivation. So to move into the second kingdom, it's really quite rich to start filling up, filling up. So what if you get too many things in second kingdom? You'll let them go. You'll let go of them in third. It doesn't even matter. (laughs) So you start to manifest things. You start to be in um, partnership with life. And there's a cap on on the second kingdom of consciousness because um, you think it's you. You think it's you that's making it, but it's all right. It's a great move from kingdom one. Um, And there's there's a a higher vibration to this kingdom. Now, the dharma, you start to feel the dharma. The challenge in this kingdom, and some of you are stuck here, and it's okay. I just want you to listen. The challenge in kingdom two is you think that you're going to direct the dharma. You think that you want the dharma to be here. And, and I want the Dharma to happen here. And I want to have that career. And then I'm going to express my Dharma. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this much money. Then I'm going to start giving to the world. You, you, be, you think you're the director of the Dharma, which really is suffering. It really is suffering. It's got some good bells and whistles to it, believe me. There's things to enjoy in this particular area. But in terms of living your purpose... In terms of living your purpose, you're going to get more hits of it. You're going to get more feeling tones of it. But you're going to begin to suffer when you start to make up where you think it should be happening. 
how you think it should be happening, and with whom. That's the challenge of the second kingdom, is that you're the creator of your life. You can use these laws. You set your intention. And all of this is very true. But the egoic part or the part that that, that other part of ourself is like, cool, now I want it to be this way and this way and this way. Does that make sense to you? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you go, I want it to be this way. And it occurs. And it's like, whoa, that's really awesome. But even that in the second kingdom still has a, well, what if this doesn't work the next time? Well, what I, you know, all, it's just a, a, a back and forth kind of time. However, you are starting to feel what you're feeling. Let's say underneath where you're starting to pigeonhole the Dharma. Underneath it, you're feeling desire. You're feeling, oh, wow, this is possible. I want to be this. I want to do that. That is your Dharma being activated. It's taking on forms and images and pictures and imaginations for you. It's saying, ooh, it would be great to work here. Ooh, it would be great to do this. I'm not making that wrong. That's very positive because underneath it, your Dharma is is giving you images and ways that it wants to express and ways that it can be activated for your joy, for the world, but really for your joy, for your sensation of it. If you use your skills, your talents, and and align it up in the right place, whoo, it's a great feeling. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So that's the opportunity in kingdom two in in the second consciousness. As I said, it has a lid and it has a point where it's going to become a little um, lackluster because there's just something more. You start to realize that outlining the way life life should go, the way things should be or the way you want them to be is a lot of work. It's like, it can be fun work. I never want to negate it. I love doing it in areas of my life. I absolutely love being in this kingdom in particular areas of my life. But more and more, you become interested in trusting life. When you begin to build a deep trust for life, you suddenly go, you know what? I don't need to use all my energy to make it go this way. I could just do this and trust that my gifts and my talents are going to be used wherever I'm led to use them. It is a deep language. It moves us into kingdom three, which is through me. It's when you begin to realize that there's more flow. It's easier. You can just kind of relax and let. You're listening very, very deeply. You're in relationship to your dharma. You're no longer having to outline or tell it where to go, but you're more in the enjoyment of watching where it takes you. And then suddenly old occurrences, whoo, if you could see the image of one scene, like standing in a gas station where it's gas station line or something like that, I don't know. Um, but in kingdom one, kingdom two, and kingdom three, very different consciousness that you're standing in. Kingdom one is why are they taking so darn long? What is wrong with these people? Blah, 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 blah. I need to get on with my life so these people should get out of my way. Kingdom two is just, well, I'm standing here, so I'll just focus on, I am wealth, I am wealth, I am happiness, I am wealth, I am happiness, I am wealth. I'll just use my time really well, you know? Of course, life is happening right there where you are, but I'm going to set the intention, set the intention, set the Kingdom three, you start to relax, and you're just in line, and you see the people, and you become comfortable wherever you are. You're comfortable wherever you are because you become interested You become interested in what's occurring and what's your relationship with it. What's happening within you and within the environment that you're in, and what's happening? And, and you're listening, and suddenly you're like you're like feeling pockets within you that of of, of judgment, of prejudice, of these things that are rising up. Going, ooh, let's clear this out. It's an open space finally. So these things start to rise up, and you start to be able to observe them. The kingdom three, the the through me 
consciousness is where you get to feel, I'll say it this way, the tickles, the, 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 the goosebumps of your dharma just flowing through your life, flowing through you everywhere you go. That's the time where wherever you are, you take great responsibility for it. You're really past making the boss wrong. You're really past, well, you can do it for the morning. But by afternoon, <laughs> you're really, <laughs> you're really, you're done feeling that suffering. And you really realize, you know, I got to call my prayer partner. You know, I got to change this up. I got to connect with one of my people from Bodhi because I want to have a different vibration today. You, 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 you'll visit those lower vibrations, but, but it will just become more and more uncomfortable. And you're going to, in the, you, this is the great thing about through me consciousness. You know, the shame, it's gone. The story about it being you is gone. The guilt is gone. So you know what happens? You just get real. You just get honest with what's occurring and you relate at a deep level. And when you get honest, when you relax, when you relate at a deep level, what happens? The miracle. It starts to shift for you. You just start to cop to, you know, I've been thinking this, and I've been saying this, and I've been blah, 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 to your prayer partner, whoever. And you just out it. In this particular kingdom, it's no longer you. It's just kind of silliness that occurs. So you've got this container for healing. You've got this container to start getting the stuff out of the way, to start letting it be removed. And all while that's occurring, You're not only doing it for yourself, it's in service to the greater environment that you're in. You won't get that. You won't see that. But when you release a way of thinking, a way of being an old pattern that is making you suffering, and you let it go, every single room you walk into, every experience, every interaction, you bring that. Your dharma is now happening at a really, really high vibration. In kingdom three, you are becoming a healer. You are becoming a miracle worker. You are becoming a spiritual being among, within humanity where the work that you're doing on yourself is for yourself, but it is greater than yourself. It is for everyone. And you don't get all uppity about that because why would you bother? There's only one here. Who are you going to get uppity with? Me and me? Woo! <laughs> Look at me. I know. <laughs> You can have those. You can have as many. I, I, remember, I'm a Leo. Have as many as you want. It's totally fine. Totally fine. So kingdom three, beautiful. Kingdom four, as me. Kingdom four, as me. That is where your dharma is fully ignited, and it is really all that's happening. And those are the awakened beings that are on this planet. That is the, the master teacher, Jesus. That is the awakened Buddha. That is the Paramahansa Yogananda. That is the list and the list and the list and the list of awakened gurus and awakened beings and Bhagavan and Amma, um, all these wonderful beings that now when they are here, they are solely here to serve. They have surrendered any sense of otherness. They have been all, any sense of other self has been burned away. And they literally walk, speak, move, sing and dance, breathe and sleep and eat and do everything in the light, in the oneness. And their only purpose is to be that light, to share that light. Don't get all weirded out right now. Like, how do I get there? What do I do? Don't, that's, you're already you're stuck because that's the ego wanting to know how to be that. So just, just be with it. Just breathe into it. It is who you are. I said from the beginning, you're wired with your dharma. The gift of your dharma is that it is awakening you. It is awakening you to your divinity. That's what it's doing. It is literally working itself out all the time. 
and the enlightened beings that we look to, that we learn from, that we quote, that we study, that we kneel in front of, that we bow to, that we commune with in our prayers and in our meditation. These awakened beings have walked this journey and they are now in this vibration to serve us, all of us. You are being served right now to find your way there at the same time. And this is where it gets trippy, where words begin to fail. Find your way there, you're already there. Find your way there, you're already there. It's just trippy. I could go back and forth all day long. It's sort of a paradox. It's a paradox. You're on the journey, you're at your destination. Where are you going? You're already there. I don't even know what to say after that. (laughs) So, the Dharma, the Dharma that that you are living, the Dharma of your life is encoded with all the love that you need, all the joy that you need. It is magnetic. It is activating the law of attraction all the time, all the time. The only difference if it's activating the law of attraction like really, really slow and like this or (sighs) is just how clear you are. And that's that's why our spiritual practice is so important. Our spiritual practice, our classes, our prayer, our meditation, coming to prayer by the spiritual counselors. This, it's so important. We're just clearing the system. So, (sighs) that's the place we want to be in. If, 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 it, you know, if, if you want to manifest something and it can take you two years or it can take you two hours, let's go for the two hours. Let's be in that vibration, not only for what you get, but because being in that vibration is so clear, it's so smooth, it's so attractive. And that is the ongoing, that is the bliss. The, the, the awakened beings will tell you there's just bliss There's only bliss, which is why an awakened being can watch uh, an earthquake, can watch a city crumble, and they're just like, ah. They're just in the oneness of the light. They know the truth. No one's going anywhere. No one's going anywhere. It looks like really dramatic and silly, but there's light. There's only light. It's the game that's being played. It's the game that we're playing. And the awakened being in all its beauty and light just lives in it, observes it, and becomes the healing presence. I believe you're closer than you think. You're closer than you think to this consciousness. You really, I always say this often, you can't be sitting in rooms like this and not be closer than you think. The only part of you that thinks you're you're not is the part that eats the Cheetos at 11 o'clock at night. That's the only part. Or goes on the computer too long for those of you too. (laughs) You know who you are too. It's all fine. It doesn't matter. But that's the part that will trip you up. That's the part. But really, really take a breath and just know that this is all, the Dharma is working, it's unfolding, it's working for you. And I want you to surrender. I want you, if anything, I'd love for you to be, to be moving into the kingdom three this week, just in the use me. Don't worry about four, just leave it alone. It, there's a click that happens when you get there and it's not your business. You couldn't time it or make it happen if you wanted to. Leave it alone. Kingdom three you can contemplate, you can be with, you can in your prayers and wherever you are, oh, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm judging people. Oh, okay, let me let that go. I want to feel my dharma. I want to feel my reason for being here. I want to stop judging it and pushing it away so that I can be who I'm here to be. That's our work this week, yes? All right, take a deep breath. Hmm.